Well, good morning, Connection. Again, my name's Colton. Uh, I'm also the youth leader here. Um, just a little about myself. I mean, I really wasn't nervous until right now. So uh, just bear with me as we go through this. Um, first video that you saw was a guy getting ready to jump off a cliff into a, looks like a foggy abyss. Um, like Jack said, uh, we all are going to go do that later. I'm going to join in, but uh, that's, I, I want to take a look at that. We have to take a leap of faith on a lot of stuff in our life, and especially with our relationship with Christ. Um, he asks us to take a leap of faith, and sometimes we don't know where we're going. Most of the time, we don't know where we're going, actually. Uh, so, I just want, like, that video, I've thought about it all week, thinking, man, what what great, like, idea that they had, and they didn't, they didn't even know that I was preaching on this, and I found this video, and it has so much meaning behind it. But the second video is the one that really hit hard this week, because most of that stuff I've went through. If not all of it, you know, uh, started out, you start out with such a innocence, and it, it's just a, it's a constant build. It, it, all those sins didn't come come in at once. It was just one. It started off with just one little one, and we do that in our own lives. It happens gradually, just like in my life. I go through say, CR. We. We build on our brokenness because we all are broken. Uh, in, my, in CR, we realize that we are not, we can't be fixed all at once because our sin didn't start all at once. So, as we come through, the girl in the video was, seemed like she was separated from God at this point. And that will bring us into our first. Uh, Worship handout, it's in the middle page there. Um, separation. Is it possible? Can we be separated from God? That's the main question here for this, this morning. Do you guys know? I mean, I wonder th- about this all the time. And reading through this, reading through the, just the stuff that I've read this last couple of weeks as I've been preparing for this, um, I don't believe so. I don't, think, I don't think if we're Christ followers and that we've chosen to take, take that into our life, ask Jesus into our life and just follow him, I don't think it's possible to be separated from him. Can it feel like it? Yes. But some of you Bible scholars out there, I want to throw one, one thing in my face, and it's going to be this big word called blasphemy. You're going to say, but the Bible says that we can be separated by blasphemy we, we, if we, we say this. I mean, but do we really understand what blasphemy is? The Webster Dictionary describes it as a great injustice to God or a higher power. They're not Christian like we are. So, but but what does what does that really mean when you're when you're talking about Jesus and a relationship with Him? 
I look at a couple passages in the in the scripture that aren't on the screen that in Job it says his wife told him to curse God and die. And in First Timothy it says, even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a persecutor, a violent aggressor, yeah, I was shown mercy because I was ignorant in my unbelief. So, what is that really saying? When I look at blasphemy now, it's it's not saying something that can get us separated from God. It's more of us not choosing. It's not choosing to ask Jesus into our lives. That's the only thing that can really separate us, is that we're not asking him to be a Christ follower. We're not asking ourselves asking Jesus into our lives to become a Christ follower like him. We'll look at our, our first verse here in John. It's just a little snippet of what it is. Uh, verse 28 chapter, of chapter 10 says, I'll give them eternal life. No one can snatch them away from me. What does eternal life mean, though? It's, an, it's a never-ending life. And it's only given through a relationship with him. But it also says that we'll never perish. What? I'm confused. But our souls never perish, not our human bodies. So, and it says in the verse, no one can snatch, away, snatch them away from me. I mean, it's obvious. It's just, it's just right there in our faces on a lot of these scriptures. Now we'll go into my main passage here in Romans chapter 8. First, verse 14, it says, For all who are led by the Spirit, Spirit is part of the Godhead, it's more of our moral compass. It's, it tells us where, we're, where, where God is leading us. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So those of us who have become Christ followers and that we've asked Him into our lives and we've admitted that we're sinners and that, that we need Him in our lives. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. We're not slaves to God. It's not, we're not called to be slaves. We're called to be servants, yes, but we're not called to be slaves. We should... We shouldn't be afraid of him. Instead, you receive God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. But we look at this, what does Abba mean? Is A lot of people, people realize that, oh, we call him Father. But do you really understand that we're to call him like, it's like a little kid saying Daddy as they run up to their dad. When we look at the scripture, I think of being a parent, being a child. How, how does a parent look at a child, though? With love, I mean, so we're his, God's children, so we should be, so he's looking out with love. 
yes, we might do wrong and you might be disappointed, but we still love our children. I, myself, am not a parent of a so-called kid, but I have a, a four-legged one that runs around and barks all the time. And she's still just a puppy, but I look at her with love. I, I take her as my own. As we, there was one day I, I woke up, I work, I work nights, so I woke up in the middle of the afternoon, got up, and I walked out into my, uh, my living room, and there she was with a wicker basket. But it wasn't all in one piece. It was actually in three different piece, three different piles. Man, I was angry. That's all get out. I didn't really want to clean it up. I mean, that just caused more work for me. House is hard enough to keep keep together as it is. But I couldn't just give her a treat and tell her go on her way. I had to I had to punish her in some way. So I picked her up, also yelling because I wasn't happy. I just woke up. You have to remember this. I'm not really a morning person. So I picked her up. I put her in her cage. And I left her there for quite some time as, I, as I'm still yelling across through the house. As I'm, I'm going, I'm sure my neighbors heard me. But she also knows that not to do it again. Granted, she's probably going to do it again at some point in her life. So I'm not too worried about that. But she understands that she got in trouble for that and that she needs to not do it again. So that leads into your next blank in your worship book. Grace keeps us from being separate from God. It keeps us connected with him because we're not... We're not good enough. Because, I don't know about you, you guys might know though, uh, how much good do we have to do to get into heaven? How much, how much is good enough? If I give someone $100, is that good enough to get me into heaven? I'll do that. That's no big deal. I, great, that's where grace comes in, because we're not good enough and never can be. Sin separates us from God. We'll look farther down in Romans chapter 8, verse 31. We'll start. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? So, what are these wonderful things? Is it the big stuff? Is it winning the lottery? Is it, or is it having someone give you $10? Or, as you leave here, see a kid come smiling and happy because someone like you put, put into them back in Kids Rock or in Baby Gap. Or is it about like a sunny day, walking outside and night, this nice weather? Because I know last week when I came to church, I was in the best mood that I've been in probably this whole year because it was sunny, like 70 degrees outside. I mean, I, nothing could hurt my mood yet last week. So, but it goes on, if God is for us, who could ever be against us? This is not, this is more of a sarcastic question. 
This is baiting you into to it. It's not. It's saying nothing can be nothing. A little over a year ago, I would have never thought that I would have been in this position right here, standing in front of you guys preaching. I was in the complete opposite end of my life. I was in a I was in a bad spot in my life. I didn't I didn't know what I was doing. I hadn't been in church in over a year because of my job. It kept me away from it. And I really felt separated. I'd been a Christian since I was eight years old, but I felt separated. I didn't feel like I, I was worth anything. I felt like nothing could, could have brought me back until one day I get a phone call from a guy that I hadn't seen since I stopped going to church. But he called and just wanted to talk. He wanted me to come up and meet him and just talk about some stuff. Little did I know, little did he know that I'd end up in this spot, but he brought me back to connection. guy that used to sit right over there and that we all used to listen to him. But he he called and talked to me and asked me about about how things were going, and of course, at that point, I really didn't want to talk to him, talk to anyone about what I was going through. So I told him, "Oh, I was doing fine." But I think he knew a little bit different because he he asked if I was going to come back to connection, and he he started giving me areas that I could be start plugging in and start start actually connecting again. So I started coming back with a push of a few few friends and a few basically family members here. And now I have a whole new direction in my life. But it goes on in 32. Since he did not spare even his own son. You guys get that? He gave it all for us. He didn't just give, he didn't give some random person. He gave his own son. I mean, it's hard to think even giving up my dog for someone, let alone someone like my own kid. But won't he give us everything? But he's already given us everything. I mean, he gave us eternal life. But this is just giving us the assurance that there's nothing that can, we can do to keep us separated. He goes on in verse 33. Who dares accuse us of whom God has chosen for his own. Who dares accuse us? No one. It says that. So, but what, what does it mean for his own? It means that we've, one, we've admitted to our sins to God. Two, we believe that Jesus died for our sin. And three, that we confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And, the Lord, and that we have chosen to follow him. But it goes on, no one for God himself has given us the right standing with himself. This is saying God chooses everyone. He doesn't just choose you. He doesn't just choose, choose any one of you. He chooses all of us. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to, to life for us and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand. 
This is just saying he's part of God. He's, he's right there with him. He's, he's there rooting for us, sitting there up in heaven. He's pleading for us. He wants, again, he's saying he wants us. He wants us in, he wants to be part of our lives. He never leaves. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we're in trouble or calamity, disaster, whatever you want to call it, or are persecuted? All right. This is where us Americans get a little different. Because we don't understand exactly what persecuted is anymore. But have you ever been wronged? Maybe in a relationship? with your significant other, or just by your best friend, maybe even your sister or your brother. Has anyone ever wronged you at your job? Have you ever been, like, had someone step away from you because of your, your religion, or because you believe that Christ died for you? Your job, have you ever lost anything because of it? But it goes on, or hungry, or destitute, or it's that's just saying we don't have any food. That means we don't have any any substance for our life, or endangered, or threatened with death. Goes on in thirty six, as Scripture says, "For your sake we are killed every day; we are being slaughtered like sheep." That is in parentheses because it's referring back to. A scripture back in the Old Testament. I mean, this is just showing that Christ was there, was, is it, and back in Psalms. But it's showing how, kind of like how that guy jumped off the, uh, into like the foggy abyss there, that we need to be like a sheep in our faith, and that we need to just serve. As you, we grow in our relationship and then we learn more we realize that we can go into stuff blindly a little bit more. We don't have to know everything. We don't have to understand what's going to be the outcome. But it says, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is is ours through Christ who loved us. Isn't that crazy? It goes on 38. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears of today or our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can part us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God. He is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow. All that he didn't really tiptoe around the subject when he was talking about that, did he? About what can separate us. Not only did he just tell us that no, that we can't be separated as long as we're Christ followers, but he also he also gives us all the, these examples, these huge examples. Not even these small examples, huge. Our fears about today, our worries about tomorrow. You know, that's what keeps me. Separated a lot. Well, what am I going to do tomorrow? How, how, can, how can I serve tomorrow? Do I want to serve tomorrow? 
I don't really know what's going to happen if I do this. You know, it's, it's that stuff that keeps us separated anymore. It's our own fears. It's not something outside of us. It's our in, ourselves. But if you leave, we're almost done here. If you leave with anything, when you leave with the next, next thing on our worship handout, Nothing can separate us from God. You guys, like, really, nothing. As long as we're Christ followers, nothing can separate us. It's crazy just thinking about that. That whether we die today, tomorrow, 50 years from now, death can't even hold us. It's crazy. But we shouldn't fear the unknown. If nothing can separate us, what do we have to fear? I mean, except fear itself. But that's our own insecurities that we need to look past and realize that God is there with us. I just, I really just want to push this subject because I don't think about this like I should. I don't push this like I should. I don't, Focus on this like I should every day. Because I'm a follower in, in some sense. I don't, like, I don't like stepping out sometimes. I like to keep to myself. I like to not... I don't like being out in the open. But God has a sense of humor. And he, he put me up here today in front of everyone. So... But... I just hope that you guys understand that there's nothing that we can do. I mean, everything he says is just given to us. All we have to do is take it and run with it. I I thank you guys for just letting me be up here and preach and try to talk to, to you guys about what God has talked to me about because this is not of me. Uh, I'm going to pray, and then Matt's going to come back up here and uh, with the Touch Someone's Life gift. All right, pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for allowing me to be up here and just try to convey what you were speaking to me about. Lord, Lord I pray that you have touched someone through this. Because I know it's not of me, Lord. Lord, I pray that we realize that nothing can separate us from God and that we can, we can serve without fear. We can serve, we can touch people, we can, we can put into other people's lives, Lord. Lord, I pray that we just go out today and serve you. And in your name, amen.